a good way to explain why when someone ha- is living with dementia, sometimes they remember things and sometimes they don't because just like weeds, like the, in the wind blows and sometimes you can see the flowers and sometimes you can't find them. And just this concept of it not being that they're there, but that things are in the way. So it was enabled, it enabled them to visualize it. Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. I want to invite you to my brand new free webinar, Zestful Aging, Here's How You Do It. You can sign up at NicoleChristina.com. And as always, I appreciate your feedback. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today we'll be speaking with Katherine Harrison, who wrote and illustrated her debut picture book, Weeds in Nana's Garden, to help spread understanding of dementia among children. Since its publication, her work has been translated into multiple languages and is available globally. In 2018, she collaborated with dementia care expert Jacqueline Jeanette to launch another picture book about dementia, I Smile for Grandpa. Catherine's also a member of the man- management team running allsauthors.com, which is the world's largest online collection of written resources about Alzheimer's disease and dementia. And both of Catherine's children's books support the Alzheimer's Society of Canada with every purchase. Welcome to the podcast, Catherine. Thank you. So great to be here. Oh, I'm so delighted. And you have a really special project here. Um, And and I'm just wondering, there's so many books now on older people or middle-aged people, (laughs) adults living with, um, you know, their parents having dementia or Alzheimer's or their partners. I mean, there's movies. We know it's out there. But you did something really really different. You wrote a children's book. Yes, that's right. Can you tell me a little bit about what prompted you to do that? Sure. Um, So my mom uh, had early onset dementia, and she was diagnosed when she turned 62. And at the same time that she was diagnosed, I actually gave birth to my second child. So Mm. we had a interesting relationship uh, with dementia and having young children at the same time. So my children kind of grew up as my mom progressed through the disease and it was all around us. And because I was uh, a part-time stay-at-home mom and helping my father with my mom, my children were with my mom a lot. And so we uh, had the experience of be having children and having a someone living with dementia at the same time and i looked for books <laughs> to help me explain to my children what was going on because it was relatively obvious to them that their nana was different than other grandmas but it wasn't um there weren't very many resources most of the resources that uh, i was referred to didn't 
explain it to a degree that I was comfortable with. I wanted to really get to them uh, knowing what was going on so that they weren't scared by it, so they understood it, so they could uh, really engage and feel comfortable with the relationship that we had. And also, fortunately, they naturally did accept and enjoy a lot of what, what uh, their, their different kind of Nana was like. Mm-hmm. And what is your background? Do you have a, a writing background or what, what have you been trained for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually in the advertising business for over a decade and worked in uh, marketing and advertising. So I have a communications background. And uh, so that was, so I always am thinking about how to speak about things and communicate and talk about things. And actually, um, I had the fortune of also being an artist by hobby. And actually, one of the gifts that my husband and I decided I needed during my mom's um, progression through the disease was to go back to art school and it was a healing time for me that I could go to art school and I took a diploma in fine art Uh, and so when I graduated from my fine art diploma I felt like hmm I have the communications background I have the drawing and illustration uh, training now maybe I can make a book (laughs) that Mm. could help my kids and other kids. It was really, it's really been transformative in many ways you could never have predicted. Never, exactly. And that's where, you know, when people are in the heart of a dementia journey, when it feels really hard, and it is really hard, um, my my emergence of, of what happened to be through the process has been extremely beneficial. And I would say to my mom, you know, she's passed away, but I say to her in spirit, mom, you did this because you know, you needed, you knew I needed to get back into art and, and creation. Mm-hmm. So, so you had a young, you had a newborn baby and you already had a child. Is that right? So yes, I had a two-year-old daughter, um, and she was uh, so she was uh, she was more observant of what was happening with my mom and what was changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always like to say that having my children. This is one of the other reasons why I I wanted to write a book. Not only because there wasn't very many books um, about dementia for kids, but also because I found that having children. And caring for my mom at the same time was extremely valuable because my kids taught me about caregiving. I say this because they were so much more accepting and spontaneous than often I was about mom because um, us adults like to always compare and oh this is changed mm, now it she's should not- be different yes and she, she oh she used to do this and why isn't she doing that and oh she used to make cookies that were so delicious oh it's she doesn't anymore instead she throws candy all over the place well my kids would be like hey Nana throws candy all over the place <laughs> So they were much more like in the moment and just sort of stating what was reality rather than uh, what some people might call arguing with reality, which is why does it have to be? This isn't right. Uh, I see. Yes. They were so much more 
in the moment. You're right. Like accepting of what was happening and not uh, judging it. And they'd really taught me about that. And I enjoyed having them with me and, and, and realized that they were helping me. I enjoyed that they had spontaneity that uh, I, you know, I have the story about my mom when we went grocery shopping, you know, they always have music playing in the grocery store and you never really notice the music, <laughs> except if you're with my mom because she would notice the music and she would dance and mm. I would be like, oh, you know, oh. you shouldn't be dancing. And then my kids are like, oh, let's dance, <laughs> sort of thing. So... It was the oh, best that way. Wow, how interesting. And so, you know, I'm thinking about um, this experience of watching your children and and also, though, how do you navigate, like, oh, wow, my kids are experiencing this differently. They're really helping me. But also as her, your mom's daughter experiencing the grief and the loss, how do you kind of do that at the same time? Yeah, I think it it was easier to focus on the good at the time. It gave me the strength to keep going and to uh, be creative with the process. Uh, because also mom would really enjoy the arts and crafts things that my kids naturally did. And again, if I didn't have children with me, I may not have known that my mom loved blowing bubbles, you know, like the bubbles that go up in the air, because we would have them with my little one-year-old, and then mom would start like chasing them. And and oh, so wow. these are things that I don't know if I would have done <laughs> if, right. if I hadn't had. So I think I... I just really, it was so much more about being in the moment and um, and embracing the situation and keeping my kids connected. There was definitely hard moments when my mom turned sort of scary and she would yell and get upset. Um, but I was focused, I was trying to take my cue from my children and focusing on what we can do together and just be and enjoy the garden, enjoy the walks, enjoy the playing with the clay and um, make the most of it that way. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. How did you get the idea about sort of the tangles in your mom's tangles in your mom's brain? How did that come to you um, of the garden and then the weeds in, in your mom's brain? It was actually my, again, I, I give a lot of credit to my kids because they deserve it. It was, my daughter's idea because my mom had a very beautiful garden. It, they, they actually ran a bed and breakfast in a small town in Ontario, Canada. Mm. Uh, she it was called the Butternut Inn and it was beautiful inside and out and had this gorgeous garden that was on garden tours. Um, but as mom progressed, one of the things that happened was the garden got uncapped mm -hmm. because it just, there was nobody to keep up with it. And you know how quickly it can get. Oh yes. Yeah. So we would still go in the garden and pick guard, uh, flowers, but it was my daughter that observed after one of those walks in the garden that there was so many more weeds. And it was, she said, Mom, it's so much harder to find flowers than it used to. And it was that cue that I said to her, I started to explain to my daughter again, at this point, she would have been maybe five, um, 
what was happening with her Nana, that she had a disease in her brain that was taking over her thoughts. And, and so she wasn't able to do as many things as she used to do. And it was my daughter that made the observation that it was like the weeds in the way of the flowers in the garden was like the disease in my mom's brain. And I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Perfect. It's and it's brilliant. It was then that I knew that the book idea had been firmly planted. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I knew I was going to make the book um, after after that. And we used that metaphor throughout Mum's um, illness. And it was a good way to explain why when someone ha- is living with dementia, sometimes they remember things and sometimes they don't because... Mm-hmm just like weeds like the in the wind blows and sometimes you can see the flowers and sometimes they can't find them and just this concept of it not being that they're there but that things are in the way so it was enabled it enabled them to visualize it I think and that's so beautiful has has um your kids contribution to this book do you think that's changed their lives as well yeah, I mean, I think so, because they are much more in tune with the whole the whole um, aging journey. And if someone actually does have um, a memory or disorder or some sort of, they are very aware of it and more comfortable with it, I believe. Um, my daughter, she's now 16. Ah! Uh-huh. <laughs> But she's got some, she's got aspirations in the healthcare business. So, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. um, but I mean, overall, it just, I think that it just, uh, it, it allowed them to gain some compassion that they had an opportunity to gain early on um, that I'm hoping will get, continue to transform them in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. We actually had some fun too with their classmates, um, when I was when I was uh, creating the book, um, I they decided to take the book to my children's classrooms while it was in process because my kids at the time my daughter was nine and I thought well you know these guys really are who this book is for let's check in with them and so I took the uh, early versions of the book to two classrooms actually and. It was from that experience that I developed the questions and answers that are in the back of uh, the book. Uh-huh. Because it was they were so full of questions and so open and so interested in it. And you know what? When I asked and if who if anyone had a loved one that had dementia, guess how many hands went up? A heck of a oh, lot. Uh-huh. They were your pilot group. They were my pilot group. Oh my goodness. Give an example, would you, of some some of the questions that the kids asked? Sure. Um, I thought this one was interesting because it was a question actually that I think a lot of people have if they haven't been in this journey, which is one child was like, why does my grandma, why can't my grandma walk? Because her, it's her brain that's broken. Why can't she walk? So they, the ability to um, explain how 
dementia affects not only our thinking, but eventually our ability to move as well as things change in the brain. So that was one of the questions. A lot of them have questions about whether they could get this. Mm. Um, And we talk candidly about how much we know and we don't know about um, what causes dementia diseases. Um, But they had questions like that. They had questions about how they could help. That was one of the biggest parts of the discussion, actually. Mm. Oh, my goodness. Do you think your mom ever understood in some of her moments of clarity this idea of the, the weeds in the garden? Um, I don't know if she would have... We would have had that specific discussion, but she definitely understood from time to time that she that her her grandchildren and her were interacting in a spontaneous way like um how can I put this when we would have a particularly positive emotional time like um dancing in the grocery store or I think of one Christmas when we were decorating Christmas trees uh, the, the Christmas tree and again mom started being kind of spontaneous and you gotta understand this is a woman that had a perfect bread and breakfast from house and home magazine oh, my <laughs> would goodness. start to you know just uh, sporadically put Christmas decorations all over the place uh. and then my children would start to do the same because why not that's uh. much more fun than putting uh. them where they're supposed to be right and there would be a giddy moment where we were all just energized and laughing and enjoying and it just it, that would be a moment where mom just you could tell she just felt the the beauty of the situation mm, how playful it could become yes how and being playful was the way to really enjoy what the changes that my mom had so instead of her being very you know precise and controlling and had a beautiful home with everything in order and we had chaotic hilarious moments uh-huh. that we embraced yeah, it reminds me of having a toddler. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. But in, I mean, you know, I think it was just um, always done with, because it felt right, I guess, with feeling and not, it wasn't an intended, or it wasn't a sort of planned, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, it was uh, just the outcome that came about by being accepting of what was happening. And I really felt like my children <laughs> were helpful for me in that. And when mom um, eventually was in a care home, the kids came a lot. And uh, we we enjoyed the same kind of thing with some of the other residents as well. So it didn't, it just kept going. Um, yeah. I always feel like, you know, having children brought into a care home can be the most wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was ways to do that more. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about your next book, I Smile for Grandpa? Sure. And a good segue because Jacqueline Gannett, who is the write, the author of the second book, was it was a collaborative effort where she wrote it. And then she sent it to me and uh, I edited it with her and we kind of changed, worked with the story together. And then I eventually illustrated it 
and uh, she is actually um, a, a social worker that works in care home and mm-hmm. she was very interested in creating this book because she has young kids and she brings her kids into the care home all the time and she observed much of the same thing that we've been talking about about how much having young children in the care home added this beautiful positive spontaneous accepting energy mm-hmm. and that's why she one of the main reasons she wanted to write a book about it and when we first connected, we connected online. She lives in Edmonton, Alberta, which is in Canada, but really far away on the other it's side. It's a big country. The, yeah, exactly. It's across the other side of the country. So we've never actually met in person. Uh, but she felt that we had Weeds in Nana's Garden with um, a grandmother main character. And her book has a grandfather main character. Uh, And we wanted to write it to be just a little bit, even a little bit simpler for maybe a a slightly younger kids as well. So we could uh, include even maybe kids more like three years old as well versus the Weeds and Gannis Garden is probably ideal for like a six year old and up kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So we felt like, yes, we could use another book. And this one, we decided to use the way of explaining dementia as like playing hide and seek, um, Mm. because that's a game that many of us are very familiar with Mm -hmm. and most children understand, um, and the idea of the mem understand, um, and the idea of the memories, and sometimes you can't. And so we created um, our book that way, and for this book, we used um little dog family versus in weeds and anna's garden it was the illustrations were based off of my daughter and my Mm. mother and her garden so they're Mm. a little bit different but still my my focus in their illustrations is to really be gentle and delightful for the children so that it is a a bit of a heavy story (laughs) um but it there's lots of little playful things for the children to look at in both books. Mm-hmm. And so you're collaborating with Jacqueline across the country. And this is, that's the power of the internet, right? Isn't you it? get to do the beautiful things. And um, we talked a little bit earlier about all authors. Uh, mm-hmm. What's that all about? Uh, that is another beautiful collaboration. (laughs) Um, It is an organization that was put together by authors who uh, originally founded by four authors who had never met, who had all written books about either Alzheimer's disease or uh, another type of dementia. And they came together to help each other um, get the word out about their books and soon they started to run promotions together um, and programs together to help each other's books and soon they had more and more authors ask if they could join and join and then Mm. um, I joined and then a few other people joined and we are now up to over 170 authors are part of this collaboration. 
Wow. It's, it sounds so supportive and helpful and the bigger picture of getting the word out rather than competing for book sales. Absolutely. We all, we are not, we all believe that we work together to help, to help the stigma, to reduce the stigma, to help end the isolation of people that might be in a caregiving space. Um, and we are so much stronger together. Uh, we talk about how um, as, as a team, we can offer a whole range of books and we can, um, we can offer a whole range of perspectives and experiences. Uh, most, I would say 99% of the books that we have on our site are from personal experience. And there's a, quite a few that are professional experience as well as memoirs. And we, we always say you can sing a lonely song or form a choir and create harmony. So together we've created harmony. Oh my uh, goodness. We've ne we actually only, we've been running this site for, I've been part of it for almost two years and we only met in person for the first time this November at the caregiving.com conference in Chicago. We all physically met and it was really wild. To what was that? What was that like? Oh, it was fantastic. Um, so healing to be together because all of us have personal experiences and have our own journey and we've all read each other's books and uh, being able to physically hug each other was fabulous. Oh my goodness. It must have been such a, an instant bond. Yes, definitely. We all are on the same road where we're looking for ways to help others that have been touched by dementia um, and and provide encouragement and and ideas and experiences that can help them yeah so it, it's a fantastic group oh and it's goodness. worth checking out as well they have books about for kids they have books they have lots of memoirs there's poetry books there's guidebooks and if you go to allsauthors.com it's sorted um, and not only do we have the books but each of the authors who have written the book has shared why they wrote the book, their story on mm. why they are compelled to write their book and their experience. And that's why it's so, um, it's so poignant because it's authentically, you know, survival stories of this mm. experience that you can read and feel uh, and learn. Mm -hmm. So you all met at a conference. Is that how it went? Well, what happened was uh, caregiving.com, the website, ran a caregiving conference, and one of our other all's authors um, invited us to participate as all's authors as an exhibitor, and she uh, was generous enough to donate to us to have a space there because we're a not-profit. We, <laughs> we mm -hmm. have, you know what it's like, mm -hmm. um, and brought, and then we all just flew there to meet and and to to talk about all's authors to the people that were at the conference and to um, share information about the resources on our site. Mm -hmm. mm. What is the kind of feedback you've you've gotten from these books? I know that they've been published in many many languages and they're all over the world now. What have you heard back from people reading your books? 
Um, it's just been lovely getting um, information back and getting reviews, customer reviews. Um, a lot of people say that the books help adults too. I think that's the, the message that I didn't expect to get, that mm. I got the most. Mm. That say, they always say, a lot of people are saying adults will really enjoy this as well. Um, and actually, I guess one kind of real indication of that was um, Capital Care Foundation, which is a, a not-for-profit that is associated with a large care home organization out in we uh, Western Canada, has purchased a large volume of these books because they want them in all the homes mm. so that even adults will be able to read them. And because of the questions and answers and because of the... Um, the story is, is uh, written in a more, I don't know, friendly, <laughs> I guess, yeah. than reading a big book about yeah. Alzheimer's and dementia. It is a, a gentle way of learning about this disease. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I found that too. Just, I mean, it's, it's a picture book. It's got these big, bright, beautiful drawings and it, it brings you in. It's very welcoming and it, it's, you know, it's, um, feels very accessible and it's not pathologizing, you know, here's a scan of what's blocked and what's, you know, it just, it yes. feels, you use the word authentic and it just feels so real life. Thank you. Um, that's what I'm hoping for. And I think partly because there is so much real life <laughs> that went into this book um, with my daughter, with my mom and my son, that I was hoping to capture that in the book. And so, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. And actually just I have to share because this is so exciting. Um, we just got approached by a company out of Denmark that is going to be doing both I Smile for Grandpa and Weeds and Nana's Garden in Danish, Swedish, Oh, Norwegian my and possibly Finnish. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> is this is this also something that would translate uh, to film or to a television program? Is that something that people have thought about? Um, my my some of my contacts at the Alzheimer's Society of Canada, we've spoken about how it would be really could be so beautiful um animated yes yes yeah because i really tried to visually in the book weeds and anna's garden to visually change the garden as the disease progressed mm -hmm. um so that would be a dream come true for me <laughs> and as a way to get more uh, understanding because that at the at the bottom of of all of this is my goal that the more people that understand dementia the the more children the more families the better it is for all of us that are mm -hmm. experiencing or a part of it or even just if we are just uh, some just on a very peripheral level um so yeah <laughs> you never know let's put it out there yeah let's <laughs> let's put it out there indeed yeah, it just, uh, it makes so much sense, you know, it just <laughs> seems like the logical next step. Um, it's, it's so beautiful. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience, Catherine, about your journey here or any advice you might give 
many people I'm sure who are listening are having this experience, maybe not with a, a newborn, but are certainly having experiences of parents or partners or loved ones having memory loss. Uh, is there anything you would like to share? Um, I guess just back to kind of what I talked about, about before about I think it serves us well to live as much as we can in the moment and to embrace what's happening rather than and looking at the good in the now instead of what's lost to mm-hmm. look at what we have now. Um, the one, you know, I, I, I had my mom passed away in 2010. At the same time, one of my good friends lost her mother very suddenly. And I remember us talking about what's, you know, what would you prefer? <laughs> mm. And and I and I just said definitely what I had because mm-hmm. I had so many chances to have quiet moments with mom and and my dad and I got really close through the caregiving experience. We learned things about each other. Uh, it's not easy. You see, I can getting emotional, <laughs> mm-hmm. but. Um, you get to you get to uh, find a different side of yourself and a different side of them um, and if you live in that moment and embrace what you have it you definitely have hard days but uh, y- you also have these moments that that you wouldn't have had otherwise mm-hmm. now, I don't think I could ever imagine my mother before that dancing in the grocery store mm-hmm. so Yeah, it's so interesting. As with so many things, tragedy can bring these sort of new parts of life we never would have imagined that are transformative for ourselves and and for you, um, also, all of the people who are reading these books. You know, and I also, the people that work in care homes are just the most compassionate um, you know, I worked in the business world before, and everyone's lovely and smart and intellect. In, but I just, I'd never seen so much heart for others as I did in my mom's care home. And that just opened my eyes to a different side of people that I didn't know existed. Mm-hmm. I've heard this again and again about people working in the fields of hospice mm-hmm. or that are uh, in the fields of support at care homes and just that they're a, a different breed of people. Yeah. Just uh, absolutely and, kind and compassionate. And I, and I think it, having introducing them to my life has changed me for the better. And that's really why I've embraced all as authors and want to, to reach out even beyond my books to see what I can do. I have, mm-hmm. I don't have the, the same talent as some of the folks that work in care homes, but I wanted to use my art skills mm-hmm. that I have to try and do something as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, Catherine, and learning about your experience and and the beauty that you have made from it. Um, how can people you. find you? Uh, well, th- I have a website uh, for each of the books. There's, okay. uh, But I'm also on social media. It might be the easiest way on Twitter. Okay. I'm kath.harrison.art. Uh, I'm okay. on Instagram at 
Catherine.harrison.art okay. or maybe easier to remember is weedsinnanasgarden.com. Okay. You'll get me. <laughs> okay. I will put that in the program notes so people can find this book and share it. And maybe one of those people will want to turn it into an animated series. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for you. Me too. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Why not? Why not you? This is brilliant. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's been so fun. You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at nicolechristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com slash zestful aging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.